right. Uh, we're going to start. You guys know what to do. <laughs> All right. Art, can you turn that dreadful music off, please? <laughs> Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience you. in a show called... Oh my god. Welcome to Stab. Here we are at Luna's Cafe, 1414 16th Street in Sacramento, California. Um, uh, are you guys ready to meet your contestants? Yes, okay. This is a live podcast. I should have told everyone that we record it and we try to get you guys to clap because people are out there. Okay. Um, minor, minor. Right. Here we go. Uh, let's meet your contestants. Welcome to the stage. Uh, where is he? Uh, Drew Absher. He's right there. He's right there with his water, with his free water. <laughs> Today, sitting next to him, Corey Berenger, also with the free water. <laughs> and Jesse Jones, bring it in. Uh, with no beverage. <laughs> I'll go get my wallet. <laughs> very good, very good. Welcome. Welcome to Stab. Everyone, well, guys, um, Drew, John, what's your deal? <laughs> well, it all started in 1995. I was born in. Were you really born in 1995? I was born in 1995. John, yeah. on the way over here, I was thinking about <laughs> the first time I ever did this show. You said that I was the second youngest person to ever do it. And I know that, like, you've had younger people then, but. Yeah. 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 Why, is it a problem that I bring it up? No, no, not at all. Okay. I, I embrace it. Tender subject. Um, I'm wow. going to live longer than everyone in this room, so that's fine with me. I could be your dad if I was a horny 17-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Which Are <I> you? <laughs> I mean, what do you identify as, You could as, be John? my son. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Uh, what do you guys... I mean, this is bad radio, but what do you guys think? Do me and John look alike? <laughs> What's your yeah. mom's name? Uh, <laughs> okay. Was that too much? Did we no, 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 no. I, I like the idea of you fucking my mom. <laughs> yeah, now to, now to get a... a a younger contestant will be breaking like child labor laws after <laughs> after Benton. That's yeah. just we can't right. get any younger. That's right. Well, Corey. Well, John. <laughs> I heard you had allergies recently. I uh, it's it's an ongoing process. Do you have allergies, or do you, or do you get allergies? Um, I think you indulge in them. You know, <laughs> you indulge. You know. S- take a little up the of the sniffer sniff them if you've got them that's i'm sorry but yeah i'm alive so that's good here here i am your girlfriend yeah is not here she the was, tremendous jacqueline wyan she was supposed was to be supposed on. to be drew was yeah was supposed to be or i'd like drew to think so i think about uh, that sometimes yeah. at night as i <laughs> should be me yeah she she's at home home in bed on the mend there we go so yeah. well we forgive her yeah with all of I have that power. So, uh, Jesse Jones yeah. is here. Yep, yep. All right, let's play. Let's yep. start the show. Let's start the show. Let's start the show. Moving uh, on. This first segment's called Reorganization. Uh, please take this existing acronym, reimagine it. Uh, what does it now stand for? Who or what does it now represent? In recognition of the sexiest man in the building, tonight's acronym is ART. A R T. Art. Right yeah. there. 
<laughs> a- A-R-T. Um, Drew, what, what does art mean to you? I forgot your name for a second. <laughs> Drew. Well, John, I'm glad you asked. Uh, did you tweet something about how all lives matter and now the PC police are demanding your boss fires you? Do you work at a Philadelphia Starbucks and those pesky blacks are trying to use the bathroom again without buying a scone? Oh, boy. And now corporate's breathing down your neck. Well, blame art. No, not art, Luna. Art stands for angry racist twin. And he's here to take the fall for all of your ignorance. Minorities in the park barbecuing and you won't take that shit in your gentrified neighborhood? Wrong. Art won't take that shit in his gentrified neighborhood. (laughs) Let your boss know that you'll talk to him, but he's a bit stuck in his ways. You'll buy yourself an extra few months before you get drunk and have a Middle Eastern cabbie. Use art. (laughs) Very good. Thank you. Drew Absher. Writing the show on five hours notice. Five hours notice. Corey, what does art mean to you? Something maybe less... <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say so. Uh, uh, so this is a elevator pitch. If I ever find myself in an elevator with the great Steven Spielberg, okay. So, uh, Stevie baby, what a surprise to run into you like this in the Amblin Studios private elevator. What's that, you magnificent bastard? Have I got anything you might be interested in? Boy, do I! Hang on to your cock, Mr. Hollywood. Because here comes three words that'll reignite your passion in the dead medium we call cinema. Alligator Renegade Task Force. (laughs) I can see you're pretty shaken by how great of an idea this already is. But please let me finish. This has been a passion project of mine ever since my stepmom showed me a picture of an alligator and I shouted, Fuck my knuckles, that's an ugly critter. (laughs) The rest is history. Oh, you want more plot details? Well, to be honest, I'm not 100% clear on whether it's about a task force trying to capture renegade alligators or if the renegade alligators have come together to accomplish a common goal. But you can get some of your dork-ass writers to figure that out. What's important is that they're alligators. Real sexy alligators. Trust me, Steve, these alligators are stacked. Now, this may be a family picture, but don't think I'm going to shy away from full frontal gator nudity. So how about it, Bergy boy? Have we got a movie, or have we got a movie? <laughs> Thank you. Very good. Very good, Corey Berenger. Thank you. Thank you. Jesse Jones, do we need to turn this down at all? Uh, no. No? Okay. What are does, you, what does art you, mean to you? Are you expecting that I'm going to be <laughs> loud and... Just seems louder than And normal. yelly? What does art mean to you? Well, I am. Okay. <laughs> I am going to be loud and yelling. Uh, mine uh, actually seamlessly sort of bridges the two uh, previous arts uh, in tone and, and subject. Um, all right. <clears throat> Thank you, dragons. I'm here today to offer 20% equity in my bleeding edge snacknology, trademark pending. Eat experience, trademark pending. Mobile platform company for six million dollars. What's up a million? That's a future thinking above next gen term for two million. (laughs) Which my company is attempting to trademark. So six million, as you know it, would be 12 regular million. Just try to keep up with me. You can't. (laughs) 
What I'm offering is a ground-level, entry-floor opportunity <laughs> to escape the future land of Yum Tech, trademark pending. I present to you ART, Augmented Reality Tacos. <laughs> While you try to unblow your mind, which you can't, allow me to explain. Our state of the ART, trademark refused. <laughs> augmented Reality Tacos headset, shaped like a taco plunges the user into a fully immersive augmented taco reality, employing all six of their sensory inputs to transport them into a digital tacoscape patent pending. Look to your left, tacos. Look to your right, other tacos. Lying on the ground, on tables, in chairs, floating right in front of you, tacos! <laughs> What's that you smell through the nasal digifier? Trademark resubmitted. Kind of smells like tacos, doesn't it? If your brain tells your nose that it smells like tacos, then it will. So it does! <laughs> Listen to that. Through the ear puts, trademark refused. The delicate siren song of lettuce in the breeze. It even sounds like tacos! The other three senses, touch, <laughs> taste, mental telepathy, tacos, tacos, mine tacos! A-R-T, augmented reality tacos. <laughs> Get on board the thought train to Mine Town, or get back on the boring bus to last week's burg. This taco helmet is on a rocket ship to the planet money! <laughs> Very good. That was reorganization. Woo! We got two woos Woo! simultaneously. That's like 30% of the room wooing. <laughs> I like those outs. <laughs> well, this brings us to our next segment called the... Uh, Topical Haiku Challenge. Uh, please uh, have composed three haiku in regard to the following topical story. Uh, a woman in Aurora, Colorado has been cited for property damage after she allegedly used a 7-Eleven microwave to heat up a white plastic bottle filled with urine. Um, the bottle blew up in the process and the pee ended up dripping out of the microwave. Uh, according to a police report, when confronted, she told the police officer that she had cleaned it up. She had cleaned up the mess and didn't understand the problem. Uh, let's hear three haikus in regard to that story. We'll start with you, Drew, with your first of three haiku. Why is this in story news? I applaud her bravery. New Slurpee flavor? <laughs> okay. Very good. Very good. I don't see the fuss. Have you tried heating it up? She's on to something. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Jones. Uh, I'm going to reorganize some. Just because. <laughs> Overlap? Yeah, a little bit. Um, actually, no, I'm not. I'm going <laughs> to go with one that's closest to Drew's. Uh, titled, No Harm Done. What's the big deal here? I scooped all my shit out of the Slurpee machines. <laughs> Very good. True, you're second of three. What is the big deal? <laughs> P is by far the cleanest gas station beverage. <laughs> Very good. Corey? Seriously, guys, it probably kills the germs. You can't prove it won't. <laughs> Very good. Jesse, you're second of three. Second title to ask a stupid question. Why did I need to reheat a bottle of pee? Uh, 
Duh. It got cold. <laughs> Very good. Drew, your third of three. This lady is stupid. Pee in a water bottle? What's wrong with my chest? <laughs> We're all children. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. <laughs> Did many children make piss on your chest jokes? <laughs> yeah. That was quite a... You didn't go to my preschool. <laughs> Typical fifth your, grader talk. Your school. Hello. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I killed, killed the mood. Let's settle this now. I brought a jug of my own. It's cool. I'll clean up. <laughs> and Jesse, the third of three. Uh, my final title, Justice Served. <laughs> when the cop gets here... I will demand he makes you replace my bottle. (laughs) (laughs) That was a topical haiku challenge about pee in a microwave. There we go. There we go. You guys ready for the next segment? Whatever. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit at this point. We're almost halfway done with the first show. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave actual audience members. Jacqueline Wyan, Drew Hepshire. On this date, 1770, a 14-year-old Marie Antoinette marries 15-year-old Louise August... August? August? <laughs> Augusta. Augusta, who later becomes the king of France. Uh, also on this date, uh, 1912, American historian and author Studs Terkel was born. How did you celebrate the aforementioned events in, tan- in tandem? Well, John, I'm glad you asked. Um... I spent most of my day Googling Studs Terkel. Uh, and then the other part of my day, screaming at my parents for not naming me Studs Terkel. <laughs> right? I realized that age is just love's hurdles. So my 14-year-old bride and I went to the beach. I borrowed my Bud's snorkel and looked into the water. And what did I see? None other than Paul Rudd's turtle. My bride and I went back to the crib... And she made dinner. Steak and violet potato, or Spud's purple, (laughs) and dessert. Then the celebration really begins, as I ordered my wife to be beheaded. Uh, That sounds harsh, but the people who did it, I let them eat cake. (laughs) Very good. Very good, sir. Very good. Six hours. He was informed at noon. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know why. I don't know if I'm making it better or worse. Corey Berenger. Yeah. Longtime lover of Jacqueline Wyan, who was supposed to be here. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, it's my credit. <laughs> they put that on posters. <laughs> uh, today, I don't know if you knew this, is Mass Graves Day in Iraq. Oh, yeah. Um, also on this date, uh, 1974, lead singer of POD, Sonny Sandoval, was born. Uh, how did you celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? <laughs> Uh, so this year threw a bit of a curveball for me, as I was really only prepared to observe Mass Graves Day. <laughs> you know, it's a somber day of remembrance, and there's really nothing fun or funny about it. But then I got a letter. It was in a bright blue envelope, so I knew it was definitely from a boy. I ripped it open, and... <laughs> Uh, it was a sleeper. Um, so I, I ripped it open, and inside was an awesome card that made a super real fart sound. 
Like, you for sure would have thought someone ripped one. Anyway, the card was an invitation to Sonny Sandoval of P.O.D. fame's 43rd B-Day. Needless to say, I was pretty stoked. But I did give pause before calling Sonny's dad to RSVP. Would going to this party be disrespectful to the countless and nameless bodies piled in Middle Eastern dirt? I decided it wouldn't be so long as I took it upon myself to remind the other partygoers of the tragic end so many innocent civilians met under the regime of Saddam Hussein. So that's just what I did. And boy, did they hate me. The first strike Sonny got, it was at a bowling alley, by the way, I shouted, 10 pins down just like 10 to a grave. So then Sonny's friend Eric was like, stop it. And I was like, no. Then they brought out the ice cream cake. It had a big POD logo on it. And I tried making a joke like, hey, why did Sonny cut off his hair? Because he couldn't pull off dreads. And then Sonny's friend Ethan said, that's not what POD stands for. So I said, 300,000 victims are estimated to be buried in Iraq. That's when I took my goodie bag and waited for my ride home. <laughs> Very good, Corey. Very good. I think this is the first, uh, the first time I've ever entered uh, someone, and this was the day once that I actually know. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Humble brag. Yeah, I, I know the guy from POD. <laughs> Want to take a second to pick up that name you dropped? <laughs> There's, that's a POD song, actually. <laughs> oh, sorry. Played right into your stupid hands. <laughs> my, my stupid Christian rap rock hands. <laughs> Jesse? Yeah. <clears throat> Enough's enough. <laughs> On this date, 1990. Is that a POD song? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. All right. Uh, on this day, 1990, uh, creator of the Muppets, Jim Henson, died. Oh. <laughs> also on this date, 1843, the first major wagon train headed to the Pacific Northwest sets out on the Oregon Trail with 1,000 pioneers from Elm Grove, Elm Grove, Elm Missouri. Grove. Uh, how did you celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Well, there was a period in the early 2000s between Jim Henson's death and Disney's acquisition <clears throat> of the Muppets where the future of the franchise was sort of up in the air. Their rights were in limbo, and uh, a few projects, were, which were ultimately never completed, made it to various stages of development. One of them was a script for a seventh unproduced Muppet film titled The Muppets Go West. Now, while The Muppets Go West tried to retain the feel of previous Muppets movies, this PG-13 script did attempt to give the franchise a slightly darker, more grown-up tone. <laughs> Now, The Muppets Go West tells the story of a carpenter from Ohio, Kermit T. Frog, with his uh, fellow pioneers, Big Bird, Dr. Teeth, Elmo, and Rizzo the Rat, who set out for the Pacific Ocean on the Oregon Trail. After supplying his wagon at Skeeter's General Store in Independence, Missouri, with eight oxen, 1,200 pounds of food, (laughs) eight extra sets of clothing, Ten boxes of bullets, three extra wagon wheels, three extra wagon tongues, and three extra wagon axles. Kermit set off, not having spent his full $800 budget. I see. (laughs) Uh, Their journey journey began with cheery, toe-tapping songs about adventure and friendship. (laughs) 
but not long after passing through Fort Honeydew, tragedy strikes as Dr. Teeth drowns while the wagon attempted to ford the Stadler and Waldorf River. <laughs> Soon after, Big Bird was bitten by a snake <laughs> and died of the poison before they could reach Fort Manamana. <laughs> Rizzo was kidnapped by bandits in the night. <laughs> Elmo died of dysentery. But Kermit pressed on, even as the journey seemed hopeless. Finally short on food and with no forts on the horizon, Kermit was forced to stop and hunt. When the shooting finally stopped, Kermit had shot 600 pounds of snuffleupagus. <laughs> <clears throat> And 45 pounds of Fraggle. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was only able to carry 10 pounds of Snuffy and a few Fraggle scraps back to the wagon. <laughs> Fraggle scraps. <laughs> Ultimately and hopelessly lost, Kermit succumbed to cholera 600 miles from Tempe, Arizona. Took a wrong turn. <laughs> <clears throat> His tattered felt remains Never to be buried. <laughs> Very, that was a dark one. I told you. They yeah, tried to go PG-13. It was good. I'm not saying it was bad. All right, that brings us to our next segment. Write an erotic poem about it. Gentlemen, please have written an erotic poem in regard to the, fo- the following <laughs> of how I spelled it. Following, F-O-L-L-O-O. Wing. Following. Please have written an erotic poem in regard to the following topics. Um, Drew, please have written an erotic poem in regards to homogenized milk. Homogenized milk. Well, this one was easy, John. Uh, He walked into the kitchen, hair down to his back. He was drenched in sweat, and he had goodies in his sack. He looked me in the eyes, and he kissed me on the cheek. When he turned around, I knew I had to peek. He didn't buy me jewelry or curtains made of silk. He knows how to get me horny. He bought homogenized milk. (laughs) When his gaze swung my way, I tried to play it cool. He knows I like my milk organic. It does wonders to my stool. (laughs) I couldn't last much longer as my body filled with glee. What else was in the bag? A microwaved bottle of pee. <laughs> oh, man. Very good. Very good, Drew Absher. Thanks, thanks. Was that it? That was it, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Was that not good enough? I thought you were waving me off, like, hey. No, no, no. I'll take the applause. Yeah, he was about, waiting yeah. for the applause break. I was, then, yeah. I was expecting a standing O there, but whatever. <laughs> just, just split that. That was <laughs> Very good. Outside. Very good. I liked it. Six hours of preparation. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Very good. I appreciate it. Um, Corey. Yeah. How about an erotic poem about Band-Aids? Sure. (laughs) Baby got a (laughs) boo-boo. Daddy gonna fix it. (laughs) Point to where the owie is, and that's where Daddy sticks it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a goddamn minute, a voice erupts from outside. The wound isn't ready, so move over, Freddy. Mommy brought peroxide. It's gonna sting a little and maybe make little baby wetter. (laughs) 
But once we get this Band-Aid on, Mommy and Daddy will kiss it better. <laughs> that was uh, creepy, uh, but good. You know who you booked. <laughs> <laughs> they were considering coming in, yeah. and they heard your poem. Yeah. Now they're headed to These a dark alley. These jokes are made for walking. <laughs> Let's go to that dark alley. That seems less creepy than... <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I liked it, though. Corey, yeah, you seem you. upset. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Jones. Yeah. Uh, let's hear an erotic poem about popcorn shrimp. Well, speaking of upset, I tried to write an erotic poem about popcorn shrimp. I really did. But all that came out was anger. So I, I apologize. This, this touched a passion inside me that even I didn't know existed. So if you'll indulge me, I wound up with an angry poem about popcorn shrimp. Sure. You tease my taste buds with a mouthful of aquatic lies. Wadded up fish sticks, battered clumps of clam strips. For all I know, you're breaded chimp. Makes as much sense as popcorn shrimp. <laughs> popcorn? Popcorn? Were you egg spawned or kernel born? <laughs> Were you air popped? Golden topped? Plucked from the sea and off the cob were you torn? <laughs> You were supposedly already shrimpy, an actual synonym for small, tiny, discreet. Are we supposed to believe you simply weren't already bite-sized enough to eat? <laughs> Popcorn, you're not. Shrimp, also probably not. Hell, no matter when or how I order, you've never been even lukewarm, let alone even remotely hot. You are a disappointing mouthful of soggy, fishy lies. Greasy bits of catfish flakes. Artificial imitation main crab cakes. Some seafood restaurant cruel meal trick. Popcorn chicken. Gross popcorn chicken. The thought of you just makes me sick. <laughs> Very good. That was writing an erotic poem about it. That was brave. I thought, I thought that was very brave. Yeah. I, agree. Yeah, I agree. Somebody has to uh, take a stand. We should all snap that shit. I agree. Against popcorn chicken. See you guys later. Have Bye. a good night, everybody. Thanks for coming. Was no. it the pee on the chest thing? <laughs> I feel like it was the pee on the chest thing. <laughs> Either way, you made the right choice. <laughs> I would leave if I could. <laughs> show's not even over yet. <laughs> All right, that brings us to the last segment of the first show. The dating pro... Yeah. Sorry, Mike. Dating <laughs> profiles from... Thank you, one-third of the <laughs> remaining audience. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I counted. Well, yeah, he's right. It's factual. That's right. We appreciate it. Where well, this isn't mocking. Yeah. <laughs> this is just words to cover up the tears. All right. Um... <clears throat> This final segment's called The Dating Profiles of the Fictional and or Non-Fictional. Uh, please compose dating profiles from the perspective of the following. Uh, Drew, please have written a dating profile from the perspective of Sour Patch Kids. 
Sour Patch Kids. You got it, John. Uh, <laughs> hey, ladies. I'm the best thing you'll ever put in your mouth, winky face. All kidding aside, I'm a Sour Patch Kid. I am mostly made of sugar, but also some love. Full disclosure, I can be a bit of a pain in the ass, but I'll always make up for it. One time, I killed the girl's family, but then gave her half a sandwich. I have been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, but I do disagree with the doctor and the judge and the parole officer. I believe I have bipolar disorder, which is much more severe. Anyway, let's do some conjugal visits sometime, as now I'm locked up in prison for the murder stuff. Average body and an inch tall. Hit me up. <laughs> Very good. Thanks. Very good, Drafter. Thank you. You had a good showing. You had a good show. Corey Berenger, a dating profile from the perspective of the Constitution of the United States of America. Hey, fellas. So I'm going to save you a lot of time right up at the top here and make it clear I'm not looking for anything serious. Just casual hookups with no strings attached. If you're cool, I'm cool, you know? The fact is I'm old. Real old. Like I'm on the wrong side of my 220s old, if you catch my drift. And I'm likely to keep getting old and outliving my partners, and that shit's a real bummer. I think my best quality is my ability to change, albeit very slowly over time with intense effort. I used to be pretty racist. But hey, I amended my ways. Sorry, just a little document joke there. I'm the worst, LOL. My caretakers keep me under pretty tight security. But if you're as resourceful as I am horny, it shouldn't be a problem to bust me loose. Just try not to be as clingy as that twink Nicolas Cage. <laughs> well, that's about it for me. So if you're into old parchment paper and piss play, hit me up, baby. <laughs> Very good, Corey. More piss Very play. Good. Piss play. Piss play. <laughs> is, that, is that the name of the... I think it's, it's pretty it's, close. It's going to yeah. be piss play or, or fraggle... <laughs> fraggle fraggle bits. Fraggle scraps. <laughs> fraggle scraps. Fraggle scraps. Okay. Fraggle bits and piss play. <laughs> there we are. Fraggle bits and piss play. And, okay. Um, Jesse Jones, yep. please. Uh, let's hear a dating profile from the perspective of a honeypot. Mm-hmm. A honeypot. Uh, user, real foxy date lady, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Weight, sexy amount. <laughs> Height, short for blowjobs. speaks American English relationship status single and interested specifically in you and not your professional or government or other type secret facts (laughs) body type very fuckable (laughs) my self summary I am look for powerful men or not too powerful, but no other powerful men who talk too much about important things. <laughs> like how to treat a lady who is just a lady looking for no string fun times, <laughs> but wouldn't kick compromising delicate government secrets out of bed <laughs> for eating Big Mac hamburgers and KFC <laughs> and for to give blood jugs. What I'm doing with my life. Living freewheeling, sexually liberated lifestyle of American lady woman. 
independent and not needing no man. But wanting men, not for blackmail, but for to spend life blowjobbing. <laughs> I'm really good at listening, taking detailed bribe notes, and giving up butthole. <laughs> Six things I can never do without. <laughs> Tape recorder. Freedom. Totally discreet suck times. Camera phone. Microfilm. Briefcase full of fuck toys. Spent a lot of time thinking about how much my giving affections and mouth party is not relate to or at all dis dependent upon which or how many launch codes you may or definitely have. <laughs> On a typical Friday night, I am not sending coded messages to KGB. <laughs> They're listening posts through a secure dark web connection. No. <laughs> Just thinking of your big American peen and deedles. <laughs> So many arrows and handwritten. <laughs> Most private thing I'm willing to admit. Am not covert operative. <laughs> attempting to m manipulate sexually. For in order to secure secret information. For to sow seeds of discontent among easily malleable populace. <laughs> you should message me if security clearance 7 or above. <laughs> and love mouth. They could suck Warhead out of a missile silo. <laughs> Very good. That was Stab. Stab is over. One more time for your contestants, Drew Absher, Corey Conan Berenger, Jesse the Junkyard Dog. I've used it before. Jesse the... Jesse Jones. That's <laughs> his name. Uh, let's hear it for... You already did that. Uh, if you want to hear more Stabs, go to one of our many online outlets, primary of which being stabforgold.com. Ah, uh, bye. Right. Piss on my chest, all right.